Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for a refreshing morning, for a day where, yes, it might be cold, Lord, but the sun is shining and we are still alive. And Lord, we pray that today will be filled with thankfulness that today will be a day of thanksgiving and praise and uplifting your name and where we can truly focus on the things of life which are important the things that are joyful the things that are stress-free and the things that really bring rejuvenation and refreshing into the soul and into the mind and lord as you heal us and as you work in us and through us father may we continue to walk this path on this life with you until we see you in glory is my prayer in your name Amen. I'd like to read for you a verse that comes from the book of Psalms, chapter 55, verse 5 and verse 6. It says, Fearfulness and trembling have come upon me, and horror has overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then I would fly away and I would be at rest. The title of my talk this morning is Rest for Mental and Physical Rejuvenation. So have you ever noticed how some days, and especially after a hard week's work, your mind and your body is exhausted and overtaxed? And sometimes, you know, you might say something like, I feel like I need a holiday. I I need to recharge. I need to detox from it all. I just need to break away and clear my mind and not focus on the things which have been overwhelming me and taking up my time for the past few days. So what does your week look like thus far? What are the things that you have experienced during this week? Has it been a happy week? Has it been a stress-free week? Or has it been a week that has been filled with lots of stresses? Were you perhaps faced with circumstances beyond your control? Tragedies, you know, perhaps as a result of this pandemic, COVID-19. Have you come to the end of this week burning with pain of trials, lingering on your face? Did your week consist of worries of your past failures or, you know, what ifs of the future? Perhaps you have been thinking about the fears of the unknown, fear of illness and possibly death. Maybe that's been on your mind. Maybe pain has been part of your week and in a real sense you have felt it in your body with headaches, with back aches and tension and perhaps also you have felt the pain in your heart because of sorrows and sadness that has crossed your path. Has the days felt like they are getting darker? And are you feeling like you're out of control? Um, Maybe you feel that, you know, life is out of control and I can't control it. And as a matter of fact, even though it's bad, I sometimes seem to make it worse. Have you struggled this week to say no? Um, And this increases your anxieties and you feel out of control. Perhaps the burden of sin has overwhelmed you this week or you found yourself trapped in a raging storm, leaving you feeling empty, looking for fulfillment, but finding none. Has temptation knocked you off your feet? Has it come knocking at your door more than once, leaving you feeling broken, worthless, and weak? And so maybe at the end of this week, you end up taking some time to relax, but you never get back to, you know, the work that you should do. And then guilt steps in, you know, because when we relax, even during the day or during the week, you know, that relaxation sometimes puts us into a type of zone where we end up not getting back into productivity. Maybe you've been hoping for a break, a relief from pressure, but it seems so far off. Perhaps your week has been filled with fights and various conflicts, or you have, you know, your heart that you gave to somebody and this person wasn't worthy of you. You wanted a week that was going to be successful and it didn't quite turn out the way that you planned. 
maybe you had some huge obstacle that stood in your way and that you had to overcome. And, you know, maybe you felt unsafe. You felt like you needed rescuing somebody to step in and just lighten the load for you. And maybe you've asked yourself the question this week, is life really worth living? Is it worth living anymore? And all of this, all of this pressure may have resulted in you running away from God and going to go seek pleasures, um, comfort in the world. And this has left you feeling empty. Perhaps your difficulty this week has been struggling to overcome procrastination or your own irrational thoughts that are driving you nuts. Perhaps you have longed for somebody to share your pain with and to talk to. Um, the pain of I'm not good enough. My life is a disaster. And maybe you long for a personal transformation, you know, a type of radical change, a kind of greatness that you haven't felt in a long time because the past keeps popping up in your mind and in your life and you're still dealing with losses of broken relationships and death and the reality of losing jobs and health and maybe even your innocence, you know, from long time ago. And maybe your life feels like it spiraled out of control and it feels like every, everyone else is in charge of your life except you. Now, where can you go to get energized? Where can you go to find truth? Perhaps you've asked the questions like, where am I going to make my choices this week? Am I going to make the right choices this week? Um, how am I going to live my life successfully? Has this past week been a successful week? And perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed, wondered, what in this world is God doing? Why is he allowing this mess to take place? And this question and the answers that you might find in the Bible can either be a source of comfort or a source of distress to you. Perhaps you have been feeling like, you know, that God has forsaken you, feeling depressed, feeling overwhelmed. Maybe guilt has overwhelmed you for the things that has happened in the past. Or perhaps demotivation has characterized your past week. And you have been f left feeling empty, thirsty, and, you know, you, you try and fill that void with life's pursuits. And you might feel like you are in need of love, you know, a true kind of love. And you've been struggling not to give up, to keep going through this hell of life, to keep going through the hell of this past week. And maybe you feel like you are in need of an active plan for healing. Maybe you felt that the stresses and the pressures of life have left you feeling anxious, um, left you feeling maybe anxious all the time and not quite sure why. Maybe you have felt irrationally worried about all the bad things that could still happen. Or maybe you're obsessing over all the things that are not in the right place and that are not perfect within your life, hoping for some relief to feel better, wanting to experience happiness, to have a strong mind that is not easily broken. Perhaps you have felt the need to detox yourself from the world and its effects and what it does to you and to truly learn what is important in life and then to focus on that. Now, if you have been having some of these thoughts so far in your mind this past few weeks, you would have noticed how some days, especially after a hard week's work, we do feel exhausted, we do feel overtaxed, and we do want to learn how to detox from all of this. We want to learn how to let go of the effects of the stresses and the anxieties and the cares and the worries of the week, and, and, and to really come to a place where we say, you know, I need a break, I, I need to just recharge and rejuvenate 
rejuvenate and 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 maybe you have spoken the words that I need a holiday I need a detox from it all and there really is something that we can do about all of this you see spiritually speaking God has given us a day where we can detox from it all a type of holiday but he doesn't call it a holiday he calls it a holy day <laughs> and God says you know he can give us this rest that we need you know from the anxieties and the cares of life the responsibilities that keep um, taxing up Matthew 11 verse 28 God says to you today come to me all you who are tired from carrying a heavy load and I will give you rest take my yoke take my workload upon you and learn from me for I am weak and lonely and hot at heart and you will find rest for your soul for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and I think that the Lord today is calling you if you have felt overtaxed if you have felt burdened to say come Come and find rest. Come and find rest from the heavy load that you have carried during this week. Come and take a holy day, a day where you can set aside the things of the world, set aside the stresses, the thoughts and the feelings of the world and, and really just rejuvenate and be refreshed and, 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 and refresh your mental vigor, refresh your bodily vigor. Get back that strength that you need to face the new week a day again. So what is God's yoke that he speaks about? It's really, you know, a yoke if you look at the biblical explanation of a yoke it is basically that wooden thing that they put over cows when the cows have to plow the land in other words God is saying you know you have a work you have something to do you have a responsibility but don't worry so much about your own responsibilities there's a responsibility that God gives us that he says we need to concentrate on and then we can find some of these responsibilities within the Ten Commandments you know where God tells us what we should focus on you know um, we should focus on the Lord our God and honoring him and doing good to our families, you know, being kind, not being unfaithful, not doing evil things, but focusing on those things which are of godly characteristics. In other words, a God's yoke is to really uphold ourselves spiritually. God is saying the way that you are going to find rest is to spend your time in spiritual pursuits, to spend your time in the things of God that is going to, you know, sort of detox you from the things of the world, that's going to detox you from the things that you normally normally concentrate on. And one of the very interesting things within the Ten Commandments that, that God also adds into the sort of take my yoke upon you is the fourth commandment which speaks of a holy day, a holy day, a day of rest. So as I said, if you have been anxious, if you have been focusing on all of these other things which I mentioned in the beginning that has stressed you out during the week, God is calling us to a day of rest. He's calling us to set aside one day during the week where we can focus not on the burdens of life but to focus on His yoke, His, His responsibilities, His things which will refresh the mind and the body. So if you wonder, you know, why has God given us a day of rest? And, you know, I wonder if perhaps he knew that we would naturally tend to take on too much, you know, that he knew that we as humans would push ourselves beyond our limits to the point of breaking, you know, to the point of where we, instead of taking time to rest and rejuvenate, we just keep pushing and going and going and going like we were saying yesterday. And I think that instead of him suggesting that we take time off, he actually implemented rest into one of the commandments. He 
wasn't suggesting that we rest. He commanded us to take a day aside from the things of the world and to rest. Um, rest, we have learned so far, can do wonders for the brain and for the body. It rejuvenates and it restores and it even heals damage that has been done within the physical body as well as within the brain, within the mind. And no wonder that God says that rest is important and not just rest, you know, during the day and during the weeks and months, but a specific day where 24 hours is dedicated to complete rest. It is so important, he declared, that a, a weekly holy day should be instituted on which we can take a guilt-free time of rest, rest from our work, rest from our troubles of everyday life. And the Bible calls this day upon which we should rest. It calls it the Sabbath day. Now, this word Sabbath comes from the Hebrew verb called Shabbat, which basically means to rest from your labor, a day of rest. In other words, God is saying, take a Shabbat, take a, a, a holiday, but he says it's a holy day from the work that you've done this week and do it every week, not once in a while, but every seventh day, every every Sabbath day, you should take rest. Now, in the olden days, you know, we as Christians, we used to take the Sabbath hours, you know, we used to spend them better. We used to really take rest. Um, the 24 hours that were set aside by God, we used to spend more meaningfully. Um, 24 beautiful, guilt-free hours of rest. And, and and we used to keep the Sabbath day, but I've seen that within Christianity, you know, we've, we've neglected the Sabbath hours. We've started to spend the Sabbath hours, the holiday, just like we spend all the other days, you know, the holy day, the, the day that has been set aside specifically for rest. Um, and, and I really do think about, you know, the, the Sabbath day as a very specific time with a very specific purpose. Exodus 20 verse 8, which is part of the Ten Commandments, says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And I think a lot of times, you know, we we end up forgetting about the day of rest. We forget to take rest. And this is why the Lord says, he doesn't say keep the Sabbath day. He says, remember the Sabbath day. Don't forget to take that day as a holy day. Now, what exactly does it mean to have a holy day? Now, I, I remember when I have an off day. Um, because we as pastors, you know, we tend to work on Sabbath days. We tend to, to spend time doing the things of God on a Sabbath day. So our work usually recommends that we take another day where we can just concentrate on just being at peace and being at rest. And I remember when I take my off day, I see it as holy time, you know, and what do I mean with holy time? In other words, it's a time that's my time. It's time that is set aside for a specific use that nobody should break into, that nobody should come and say, you know, Nandi, I want you to do this and this and this upon this day. When I take time off, when I take holiday time, it is holy time. I, I, I switch my phone off. I don't take business calls. I don't go and do things of work-related things. And, and, and people might sometimes get angry with us, but it's needed for our rejuvenation and for our recovering, you know, of all the things and the stresses and the work that we've done so far. And I believe when God says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, he has this thought in mind to say, it's off time. It's holy time that nobody should touch. It shouldn't be touched by work-related incidents. It shouldn't be touched by anything else except that which it was proposed for, except that which what it was designed for. 
and and it has a very specific purpose and and the bible shows us what this very specific purpose is it says that we should take these 24 hours you see god spelt it out that we should take these 24 hours because he said he realized i believe that he knew that we wouldn't really truly rest if he didn't specify a specific day with specific hours with a specific purpose then we would just spend it not really resting we would use it as free time to catch up on work the sabbath hours is not there to catch up on work as much as as um, a holiday is not there to catch up on work some of you do use holidays for this purpose and this is probably why you burnt out um but but a holy day is set aside for something very specific and we think that you know rest means to relax and and our definition of relaxation is a little bit different from god's definition of relaxation we think that doing fun things versus work is rest but god knows that the world that we live in and how the stress in the world and the anxieties of this world works he knows that um like we said before, that the things that we are, su- are supposed to bring us happiness often leaves us with exactly the opposite effect of how the body works. So he literally goes and he spells out what rest should entail um, and, and how we should do this rest. Because our rest often ends up not being rest. Our relaxation often ends up not really being relaxing for the mind or for the body. We actually end up causing more harm. So God goes into very exact details of what exactly the holy day needs to entail it's a very specific day it's a 24 hour day it's not two hours going to church and then just quickly feeling rejuvenated for two hours and then going back to the normality of life it's 24 hours within your week at the end of the week that is taken to rest from work it's holy time it's a specific day and it has specific things which you should do which allows you to rest and the bible spells it out so let's start looking at what this day of rest really is going to entail in order for us to have that mental rejuvenation and that physical rejuvenation from the labor which we have engaged in during the six-day week. Exodus 20 verse 9 comes with the, the fourth commandment where God says, remember the Sabbath day. It says, six days you will labor and do all your work. In other words, God is saying there are six days upon which you will do all those things that is needed to be done, that you will engage in activity, that you will go to work, you'll do your schoolwork, you'll, you'll do the task around the house you'll do everything that needs to be done in a normal everyday life but then he says but the seventh day of the week is the sabbath remember what shabbat means it means rest from activity from work specifically it says it is the sabbath of the lord thy god I like how it says this. It says, it's the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. There's another verse that says, the Sabbath was made for man. But as much as it was made for us for our rest, it says it belongs to the Lord. And therefore, we must honor him with this day. It says in Exodus 20 verse 10, it says, in the Sabbath day, you will do no work. It says, thou shalt not do any work. And it continues to say, not only should we not do any work, but anybody that we find within our house, not our son, our daughter, our manservant, maidservant, our cattle, our stranger, even the visitors within your gate, you shouldn't be making them work, you know. Everybody within the world should be taking the Sabbath day's rest, so that everybody can be rejuvenated for a new fresh week. And and it makes sense to me that everybody should rest, because you know, if everybody doesn't rest, when week day one starts, people are going to start 
start week one or day one with stress on them. And we want everybody to be, you know, rejuvenated when they go back to work so that they can feel refreshed and, and that we can treat each other better during the working week. And then Exodus 20 verse 11 says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all of it in them. And he rested upon the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. In other words, he made it holy. He set it aside for a very specific purpose. This is what it means when he says he hallowed the day. As much as my off time and my holiday is holy time when nobody gets to touch it and you know call me to work or tell me what to do or how to do. It's a time for me, my relaxation and rejuvenation. God says, I give you permission to take a holy day, a special day once a week where, where not only am I giving you permission, but I'm commanding you to do it so that you can be refreshed, so that you can be rested and rejuvenated and, and uh, um, apart from the cares of the world. So I find it very interesting that not only does Exodus tell us to keep the Sabbath day as a day of rest set apart from work, but Exodus 31 verse 17 says it very beautifully. It says, it is a sign, this is the Sabbath day, between me and my sons of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, but on the seventh day he ceased from his labor and was refreshed. I like this translation. It's putting it so beautifully. It's saying even God who made the heavens and the earth after six days of labor in creating this world and doing everything that was beautiful, although it was positive work and it was good work, it says on the seventh day he rested and he was even refreshed. We, we fi I find it funny that, you know, sometimes we think that, you know, God is perfect, God doesn't rest, but even God takes a day for rest. And, and what exactly does this rest entail? Um, what is this specific day? You know, and it's not just any day. And, and why not any day? It's specifically mentioned as the seventh day. Apart from, you know, the many reasons why we specifically keep the seventh day, I believe that the reason that God gave us a specific day to take off is because he knows that we can't schedule. He knows that we can't stick to the promises that we make even to ourselves for rest. You see, you might say, as long as I take one day off during the week, and we schedule that one day. Maybe you decide it's going to be Wednesday. Maybe you decide it's going to be Friday. Maybe you decide it's going to be Thursday. But you see, the problem with these days is that they're not set aside as holy. We can't set them aside as holy for ourselves. People break into those days because everybody else is working. Everybody else is doing what's supposed to be done. And here you are in the middle of the week trying to take a holy day, trying to take a day where you can rest and recover from the stresses of work. But nobody will allow you that holy day's rest because they're busy working and they're going to call you and they're going to intrude into your holy day. Um, and it's really difficult to just take any day. And some Sometimes we say it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whatever day it's going to be. And then, then what happens is, is that um, we end up not taking it on Tuesday because some emergency happens. And we, we, we end up not taking it on Wednesday and we keep postponing. And before we know it, the whole week has passed. Seven days has passed without us taking a day of rest. So God really understands our human weakness in the sense that we, we, we struggle to take care of our mental health. We struggle to take care of our bodily health. And this is why God sets aside a seventh day, not just a day, but a seventh day, not just for some people, but for all people, where he says everybody needs to consider this as a holy day, because if everybody kept it as a holy day, then we won't intrude by calling and saying, hey, by the way, there's this deadline that you need to meet because of this and this and that. Everybody will understand that it's a day of rest and we will treat each other in this way. You know, we won't be saying, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? You should be studying. You should be doing this because everybody
everybody will understand the principle of the day of rest. Isn't this beautiful how God designed it to be? But we have sabotaged this. We, we've, kept, we've stopped keeping Sabbath, you know. The old Christian churches used to keep the Sabbath day rest where everybody would, you know, shops would shut down, shops would close and, and, and um, nobody would go and buy things. Nobody would be out doing the things like sports and, and, and everybody would just take a time of rest where they would concentrate on the things of God. And we've long, long neglected the Sabbath day's rest the way that we are supposed to keep it. And we're, suppo- we're prone to forget it. And this is why God keeps saying in many of the verses in the Bible that talks about the Sabbath day, he keeps repeating, remember the Sabbath day, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, set it aside, don't do it the way that you do everyday life. And if you are stressed out because of overwork, then I recommend to remember the Sabbath day. Um, And at the end of the week to take your rest because God has commanded it and to do this guilt free. Now, I grew up in a home where the Sabbath rest was emphasized. And and where we did our very best, humanly speaking, to really take a day of rest and to spend this time with God because it is God's holy day and to really shut off from the things and the anxieties of the week in the world and to concentrate just on that day. And and I remember when I was in school and my one friend asked me about the Sabbath rest that I was taking and I remember speaking to her and she asked me like but what if there is an exam coming up you know what if you are writing your matric end exams and and it is it's 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 on Monday and you have many exams to write during that week and you don't have time to prepare beforehand and you only have let's say you know a few days to prepare and 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 then Sabbath rest comes up and 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 how are you going to you know take that rest how are you gonna if you have all this anxiety you know of the test coming up and you haven't had sufficient time to prepare, how are you going to do it? And I remember, you know, saying to her that um, God has instilled this day of rest and even my brain needs time to rest because if I don't rest, how am I going to study? If I'm overtaxing the brain, I can study as much as I want and I'm not going to get a lot into it. But apart from that, she said to me, don't you feel guilty? And I said to her, it is so refreshing not to feel guilty, you know, and to know that I'm going to put in the best of effort where I can to study beforehand where I can study, even if it's a limited amount of time. You know, I can't study two, three, four days beforehand. And, and, and then I'm going to go write my and I'm going to pray to the Lord and I'm going to say, Lord, I did the best that I can. I took my Sabbath day rest as you had commanded me to do. And now I pray that you help me. And I remember that there was actually a day where this happened to me. And, and, and I only got in a little bit of study and I prayed to the Lord and I asked him to help me. And I studied as hard as I can, as much as I could. And I took my Sabbath day rest. I didn't study upon that day. And I remember going to the exam that Monday morning to school. And I, I remember being a little bit anxious and worried. But then I prayed to the Lord and said, please help me to keep calm. I've done what I can. Now you please step in and help me to remember. And I ended up receiving an A. And you see, I believe that God understands that, you know, when we honor his holy day, he helps us. Now that doesn't mean that you mustn't study and he's just going to give you an A by not studying. But I'm saying take that 24 hours of rest the way that God designed us to keep it. Now, how exactly did he design us to keep us? I've mentioned some examples to you in how I and my family have kept it. But what does the Bible say about the Sabbath? 
hours, the 24 hours. It says, Exodus 20 verse 10, the first principle of keeping the Sabbath day holy is not to do your normal work upon this day. In other words, don't do work upon this day. Exodus 34 verse 21 gives us another type of idea about how we can keep the Sabbath day holy. It says, you shall work six days, but on the seventh day you will rest. Even during plowing time and harvest time, you will rest. Now, this was specifically written to the Israelites who were farmers. And and even during plowing and planting season, you know, when when the harvest had to be plowed and, and when the work had to be done and there was urgent work that needed to be done, God said to them, you still take the Sabbath hours rest, even during it's during a time of 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 of, of hard work. Um, Exodus 35 verse 3, he said, um, you should not kindle a fire in any of your dwelling places upon the Sabbath day. And many people have debated about what this means regarding kindling a fire. You know, why can't I make fire on Sabbath? Is it literally about the flame? Is it about making a fire or lighting a fire? Um, Is it that you're not allowed to light a fire because you can't keep warm? What is it about? And and I believe if we look at ancient Israel, you know, the reason that they usually used to light a fire apart from keeping warm was usually to cook. And cooking involves work. Cooking is, you know, chopping and peeling and boiling and salting and marinating and dishing. And, and, and it becomes very wearisome and it can take up many, many hours of the day. And it can become stressful. You know, I, as a, as a lady who, who is responsible for cooking within the home, I, I know that, you know, one of the dreads of <laughs> Of life is, is that always having to think about what are we going to eat, how am I going to make it, do I have all the ingredients, and and it can become very it's st- very stressful activity if it's not planned and executed well. And the Sabbath hours, I believe, when the Bible says don't kindle a fire on the Sabbath day, is there to reduce that kind of stress to say you know not only are you going to rest from your actual work, so if you're an engineer or you're an accountant, not only are you going to work from your 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 occupation, but you're going to have to rest also from homework, meaning work that you do at home, you know, cooking, cleaning, all of those things which take up time and which causes stress where it doesn't allow you time of rest. Um, and, and then Isaiah 58 goes a little bit further where it doesn't only speak about your occupational work. It doesn't only speak about your, your, your homework that you have to do in and around the house. But it speaks about other things that the Bible says how the Sabbath is going to become a delight. It says, um, Isaiah 58 verse 13, it says, um, if you keep your foot from breaking the Sabbath and turn your foot from doing, and this is what it says we shouldn't be doing, your own pleasure on my holy day. If you call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable, um, by desisting, stopping your own ways, honoring it by doing this, from seeking your own pleasures upon this holy day, then it says, then the Lord will bless you. And I believe that me in my schoolwork, God blessed me because I honored his holy day, his day that was set aside for a specific purpose I used it for that purpose now each of these things that were said is very important to go into it into detail firstly it mentions it says the Sabbath should be a delight it is not a burden it is not some wearisome thing with lots of rules on how to do how not to do it's an it's a it's a delight it's a it's a it's an honorable day a day of holiness a day that's set aside for specific purposes in other words certain things we don't do on the Sabbath day because it causes stress it causes anxiety it causes the body to be overtaken 
overtaxed and the mind to be overtaxed. And, and then we do other things which are going to allow the brain to rest, allow the body to recuperate. And in psychology, they call this active rest. You know, oftentimes when we think of the Sabbath hours, we think of sleeping, you know, I'm going to use that day to sleep the day throughout the day. This is not what the Sabbath is for. The Sabbath is not for sleeping. You might spend some time sleeping, but it is not the purpose of it. The rest that the Sabbath brings is a kind of active rest. In other words, it's desisting from certain types of labor and certain types of activities which causes stress and pressure and doing other types of activities which bring relief and, 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 and a sense of fulfillment. Now, one of the things that they teach us within psychology that that a lot of people who struggle with anxiety and depression and stress um, has is called rumination. Now, what rumination is, is, is that the mind doesn't switch off. The mind keeps actively working. Now, your mind can never switch off. Let's be clear about that, because if it does, you'll die. But we tend to be thinking about specific stresses and things over and over and over and over again. And we never really get a time where we can just, you know, take our mind away from that. Now, Psychology teaches that we can stop rumination, you know, like this hamster that's just running on this wheel and running on the wheel. And a lot of people suffer burnout because of this. And I believe that the Sabbath hours is actually an antidote to rumination. It is it is a day where God gives you active permission, and actually commands you to say, not only should you stop your work and do the work which brings peace and relaxation, but you should stop mental rumination where you're constantly thinking and stressing about things which, which, which are freaking you out. Can you uh, can you take your mind off those things and place your mind on other things which are more relaxing? And I believe that this is what Isaiah is talking about when it says, you know, we should desist from our own ways. The ways of everyday living, you know, the ways that bring stress and anxiety. The Sabbath hours should be different. The day should be, you know, completely different from our normal routine. Um, it, it, it shouldn't be our own way of doing things. And the Bible is full of verses that teach us how Jesus spent his Sabbath hours. We often find him in Sabbath hours in the synagogue. We find him um, out in the field preaching, teaching amongst people. He was always amongst people on the Sabbath hours, um, doing good unto others he was he was healing the sick he was doing work but he was doing work which was not his it was not the type of work that he did in everyday life you see Jesus's everyday work the Bible tells us was that he was a carpenter but we never see him doing that work on the Sabbath um, we see that you know on the Sabbath day his his work is you work for humanity he's doing kind deeds unto others Isaiah also says that we should desist from seeking our own pleasure upon the Sabbath day now what exactly is meant by this what is your own pleasure does this mean that we should have no pleasure upon the sabbath day rest no isaiah has said that the sabbath day should be a delight there should be pleasure in it but there's a difference between our pleasure and the pleasure that god recommends because you see the pleasure of this world as we've said in many of our talks usually things like the media and tv and and and, and spending money and going out to the shops and you know all of that stuff tends to cause stress you know it tends to actually damage the brain um, um, as we have seen, you know, it has a severe effect upon the brain and we should be spending the Sabbath hours as Jesus spent it out in nature in sunlight with fresh air. And, and we've talked in previous talks how these things actually invigorate the brain, how it releases dopamine and serotonin. And, and the Bible is just so wonderful and God is just so wonderful that he's put everything in place for us to really have this 
rejuvenating, refreshing time. And he says we should do these things daily, but especially on the Sabbath day, we should take a whole 24 hours to reset the body, to reset the mind. Do away with your own ways, do away with your own pleasures. And he even says do away with your own words. Now, what does this mean? Um, There's a saying that says, out of the abundance of the heart speaks the mouth. In other words, a lot of times the stresses that we have within our emotions, our hearts, and within our minds, we tend to speak about. We tend to vent. We tend to, you know, repeat the negativity of the things that's going on inside of us. And I believe that the Bible is saying on Sabbath, don't talk about the things that you normally talk about. Don't let your conversations be the same old, same old. All the things that we've recommended in terms of mental health, we get to practice upon the sabbath day on the sabbath day god is saying you know like philippians 4 whatsoever things are good and honorable and 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 of good report not only think about these things but god is saying speak about these things let your words be uplifting don't spend time on speaking about the anxieties and the troubles of this life speak about god's goodness of the good things the positive things um, and be thankful for them. And remember, the interesting thing is, is, is that as we were speaking about mental health in our previous talks, we noted that um, thankfulness and gratitude has been shown to change the brain um, in the sense that it releases good, feel-good hormones. In, in other words, God has really given us a day where we can practice not only physical rejuvenation and well-being and rest, but He's given us a day where we can practice phys- mental rejuvenation, well-being and rest as well. Well, a whole 24 hours where we can focus just on that. Isn't that amazing? And, and, and not only that, but not only are we not supposed to focus on our own words, own pleasures, own ways, but we should be doing God's ways, you know, the things that he did, his pleasures, um, his words. Um, and it's interesting that in Jeremiah 17, verse 21, um, the Bible says, Thus says the Lord, take ye to yourself to bear no burden upon the seventh day, upon the Sabbath. And, and this to me is a fascinating verse because it says, do not bear any burden. Now, if you go look at the context of which this verse was written in, people were busy bringing their, their, their food products and the things that they were going to sell within Jerusalem um, to, to Jerusalem on the Sabbath day. And, and, and it seems that Jeremiah is telling them, stop carrying all of the stuff that you're going to sell into Jerusalem on the Sabbath day because you shouldn't be working. You shouldn't be doing your normal work on a Sabbath day. But if you go look at this verse in the original Hebrew, the word that is used for, for do not carry a burden is the word masa. Now, what does masa mean? Masa means um, literally carrying a load or bearing a burden, lifting a load or a burden, lifting or carrying something. So it seems that he is saying, you know, don't carry physical stuff into Jerusalem to go and sell and, you know, do all the things that you're supposed to do. But figuratively speaking, this word masa actually means an utterance of doom. In other words, a type of false prediction of the future. And, and, And this made me think. And, and and the word also means mental burdens. And this made me think, you know, to say, wow, isn't the Bible actually saying, you know, that many of us are sitting with these utterances of doom of the future that's going to go wrong and what ifs of the future and is everything going to work out in our minds? And here I think that underneath the surface, this verse is saying, you know, put aside your mental burdens on the Sabbath day. Put aside your worries of the future and your mental anguish and not only find physical rest from lift, letting down your physical burdens and putting aside your physical work but put down your mental burdens as well isn't this beautiful that God wants to take care of us
Now, the Sabbath physical rest that the Bible recommends also includes the mental rest. We need to cast aside, yes, our daily work of cooking, cleaning, fixing the fence, mowing the lawn, school projects that are due and deadlines. You know, your work, um, your workload as well as your, your home load. Um, and when we do this, the Bible says that when we when we put aside these things, you might ask the question, but how am I going to do this? Because there are things that need to be done. Well, the Bible gives us a solution. It tells us that there is such a thing called the sixth day, which is called the preparation day. Now, if we look at Israel um, and their example of how they kept the Sabbath day and prepared for it, it says that Israel would work a little bit extra on the sixth day and to make sure that everything would be prepared for the seventh day. It's kind of like preparing for a, a wedding. Um, when you prepare for a wedding, you don't do the planning and the preparation on the wedding day. Um, the menu is prepared beforehand. The food is usually um, prepared beforehand as well. You know, the seats are set, the decorations are done. Everything is done beforehand. The clothes are bought. Um, and, and, and all you do is you just arrive to enjoy the day. And this is really how the Sabbath hour should be spent. It's the sixth day, we should do the things which need to prepare for the seventh day so that we can literally arrive in the seventh day and just really enjoy it and, and spend time with God and spend times by setting away our ways, our pleasures, our own conversations and focus on God's ways and his pleasures and focus on, on his uplifting words, words of hope and truth and thankfulness and gratefulness and gratitude. Now, Sabbath is really also spiritual rejuvenation. As much as it, it, it revives us physically and mentally, the spiritual rejuvenation helps in terms of our emotional and our physical rejuvenation as well. As we learned in previous talks, by spending time with God, and especially on Sabbath, we spend extra time with God. We do tend to go to church as the Bible recommends, we are with other fellow believers, we speak about uplifting messages, we sing together, we do all the things that need to be done. And this singing, reading, meditating, um, praying, all of this actually not only helps us spiritually, but it rejuvenates our minds emotionally speaking. Um, we learned that prayer, only 12 minutes of prayer, can, can, can change how the brain is functioning and how the brain is made up. And interestingly, on Sabbath days, we tend to spend more time in prayer. Reading the Bible, we've learned that it forms new neural pathways. And the, on the Sabbath hours, we spend more time in God's word, reading and speaking about it. And, and we meditate upon it. We think about it. We spend time in God's things. And we've learned that meditation increases mental well-being as well. So God has really given us one whole 24-hour day to do and practice his ways, his methods of well-being, guilt-free without feeling anxious about putting the other si things aside. Sabbath is really meant to be a complete detox from the stresses of the world. So my prayer for you today is this, as Psalms 118 verse 24 says, that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And may we be able to rejoice. May we be able to, to enjoy the Sabbath hours so that we can be rejuvenated, refreshed, and then be able, like everybody else that should be keeping it, so that they can also be refreshed, meet each other on the first day of the week and be refreshed and rejuvenated to face all the trials that we still have to face. May God bless you. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word YES to 
plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at eight AM. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. And now May your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.